Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. What's up, guys? We're here on the 4th Down Experience podcast. We're stoked to have our California guest. But first, got to talk to my co-host, Chris. How are you, my man? Brian, I'm doing well, like always. Yeah. It excites me every week when we meet up to do these podcasts. I love the interviews. I love our guests. I'm excited for this one. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's nice because we have a guest on the show today that was our seventh podcast out of the 30 plus podcasts we've done he's a really good friend of ours young guy a lot of the kickers and specialists that have been to our camps love him and uh, he is now officially not a rookie anymore at the professional level Uh, but we wanted to kind of reboot with him and see how his season went in the IFL so welcome to the show Brad Hatfield how are you what is up my brothers I'm doing amazing how are you guys doing I'm doing great. Nice to hear your voice, man. Uh, obviously, we wanted to talk to you about your first year in the arena football and and just uh, kind of let everybody know what it was like as a rookie. So I guess, start us off, how was your rookie season? Just tell, tell the fans a little bit more about what the IFL was and, and what it was like for you as a, an athlete. Um, honestly, it was a, an incredible experience. I mean, memories for a lifetime, um, just coming in uh, to Nebraska into a place to where, you know, I don't know anybody and don't know anybody on the team. Um, I knew a couple of the coaches briefly, but uh, just really opening up a, a new chapter of uh, my career. Um, it was uh, definitely a different game of football, uh, but it was very fun, especially when you um, combine the game with uh, the fan base that is, uh, you know, indoors and it's basically, you know, football in a hockey rink and uh the atmosphere is extremely live, you know, um, the adrenaline's always going, and it's just a, a very high-intense atmosphere, and I loved every second of it. Nice. You know, one of your Instagram posts early on in the season, uh, B underscore Hattie, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, B underscore Hattie on Instagram. You guys go follow him now. You probably already are following him, but if you haven't, follow Brad on Instagram. Um, you know, it was pretty pretty cool, and it's kind of funny because you're, you're posting – these clips of you kicking in the arena and it's just you in there um and you know then you you can tell that you're hitting them right down the middle but it's like hitting a flag or hitting the scoreboard and you you just you're not like mad you're just kind of like yeah you know whatever but like you know talk about the arena and at the ifl level and and the arenas you played at like what were some of the uh things that you had to work around um, the, the ceiling was definitely one of them. Um, mind you that, you know, every arena that you play in, at least in the IFL, um, it, is different. I mean, even sometimes, um, regulations of the field, some end zones were, you know, longer than others. Um, corners were rounded, some were kind of squared off. And, um, at home, our home arena, uh, with the Nebraska danger, um, we had a, um, a league, uh, title banners hanging in the way. And also, um, our sound system speakers were hanging on cables and they were, uh, you know, also in the way. So I'm just thinking to myself, 
you know, how am I going to, you know, hit a different ball when you're, you know, constantly training to, you know, hit the same ball, you know, thousands of times. And honestly, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I still think, uh, you know, the film is, is, is really credible, um, you know, towards what uh, I'm trying to accomplish, whether it's uh, putting points on the board or not. You know, I still think uh, the ball is pretty consistent. And uh, um, I, I want to say it wasn't, you know, all the arenas that were, you know, a struggle. Um, I would just say there were definitely a couple um, that you definitely had to, you know, kind of go out there a little earlier to kind of get the feel for it during pregame, um, just so you know how you're kind of, Want to game plan certain situations in the game. Nice. Well, before we dive into your season and learning a little bit more about it, you know, for those of you guys that listened to episode seven of our first season podcast, uh, Brad talked a lot about his history and his goal of trying to pursue the NFL. What would you say are the differences with kicking an NFL football with an arena football, and what are some kind of things you've taken away from both as you pursue both? Um, well, the the uh, IFL ball, at least, um, it's composite leather um, and it's super light. And I want to say it's a it's a touch smaller, um, like a a little bit of a smaller ball than a, an NFL Duke. Um, but uh, the composite leather um, makes that ball um, very easy to compress. I mean, the force that you you know kind of put into the ball, um, you know, has to be controlled. I think uh, the main thing that uh, most successful kickers have in the arena game is really just having the best rhythm, you know. Um, I think when you're trying to, you know, exert too much or really trying to kill it or trying to force something is when you kind of run into trouble and kind of getting the ball that you don't desire. Um, but uh, when it comes to, you know, kicking the two of them, the difference is, I'd say, um, the the touch and the, 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 the rhythm is probably, you know, the biggest difference, obviously, uh, as far as, like, the force that you're putting in the ball because if you, you, you can hardly swing and that ball's still going to still gonna jump. You know, and, again, you're kicking indoors, so there's no wind in your face or any um, weather elements that you have to worry about. So it's, it's kind of the same thing every time other than just it's, it's just a lighter, spongier ball. What was it like not getting to kick into a warm-up net before you go on the field? Um, you definitely got to utilize the timeouts. Um, like any time or breaking the game with TV commercial media or just a timeout on the field, you gotta, you gotta get out of your box and, and stay loosened up because again, it's, it's a, it's a hockey rink box. So there's not really too much room to kind of move around and stay loose and stretched out. And, um, yeah, like you said, there's no net or anything to get some practice kicks or swings in, but, uh, you gotta go out on the field and kind of utilize the time that you have for, timeouts and everything to kind of get some some dry swings and dry reps and uh because like you said you never know when you know that opportunity comes and you get a lot of opportunities in the ifl to kick the ball um yeah. you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fourth downs and a lot of opportunities for points on the board uh brad so i mean obviously you can keep this pg-13 whatever but uh these away games like what were some of the funny or worst things you were called by the hecklers or fans uh, on the away games oh man <laughs> Uh, shoot. I would definitely say your mom jokes are still out there. They, <laughs> they uh, they still exist. And, uh, there's been, there's been some more raunchier ones that I've, that I've heard. But, uh, honestly, I think, uh, when it comes to indoor football, I think the kicker is kind of like the goalie in hockey. You know, everyone just wants to heckle the kicker, you know, or heck, heckle the goalie, um, when it comes to hockey. So I think 
I'm the goalie um, in indoor football, so everyone finds out your last name because it's, you're wearing it on your back, and you know whether you're on the bench or on the field, everyone's just you know yelling at you, saying, "Hey, you suck," and you know, everything like that. But honestly, I think you just got to embrace it. If you try to ignore it, that's when it's gonna that's when it's gonna get to you. So. You know, you got to play along with the fans, even if you're on the road. You know, smile, laugh, like, hey, give me more. Is that all you got kind of stuff? Yeah, so you got to kind of play along for sure. Yeah, I felt like um, as as I went on with my career, I felt like it was easier for me just to, to play along with it. And then actually, like, in some games when our team was not winning and I was still making my kicks, it's almost like the guys that were heckling me ended up liking me because I, I didn't, like, retaliate or react in a way that they wanted me to. I kind of just was, was like, yeah, I get it. No worries. Uh, so I guess just, just talking to this uh, to the viewers, you know, if you play along with it, it it's, it's going to end up better. But if you retaliate and respond negatively, that's that's what they're wanting you to do. So then they're just going to keep on egging you on. Right, exactly. And even, even if they do keep on egging you on, at least the, at least the fan bases um, in the IFL, you know, during the game, they're they're gonna do everything that they can to get in your head and heckle you. But I think once the game's over, um, I think it's some of the most respectable fans that you know I've ever seen. I mean, once it's all said and done, you know, there's no there's no personal issues at all. You know, it's just it's just the way it goes. It's part of the game. You know, they're part of the they're they're part of the game as a as a fan base and the atmosphere that it's in. Yeah. So, Brad, you talked about the hecklers. What was the hometown fans like? You know, what was like? What was Nebraska like? Um, How'd your season end up going? Actually, tell the tell the listeners. Um. Oh man, I love the but we call it the Boneyard. Our, our home field is it's called the Boneyard. Um, and Bones is is, a, is our mascot. And the Boneyard was you know never a disappointment. We had you know nearly sold out games every home game. Um, it's small town Nebraska and Grand Island, and we're the we're basically the only game in town. So everyone really looks forward to you know the Nebraska Danger season and. Um, it's jam-packed in there, and the fans are right on top of you on the other side of the wall. Um, it's a huge, huge live atmosphere, and it's just it's just an adrenaline rush with the music on and everyone just yelling and screaming. And, you know, when you're at home, you know, that kind of noise is, is for you. When you're on the road, it's against you, you know. So, this, you know, just the, the feeling that it gives you, it's a, it's a feeling in its own. I can't really even put it into words, but it's something that, you know, I'll definitely cherish forever because, you know, those moments don't, you know, just come out of nowhere. And uh, um, with our season, uh, we started out really strong. Uh, brand new coaching staff kind of put, put together. Um, never worked with each other before. Always knew each other. But um, I think we had a pretty solid season um, as far as our, our record goes to show. Um, I'm not sure what we finished, but I want to say we finished the season with four wins. Uh, but even though with what our record says, we had a solid team. We really did. You know, even though our record shows more losses than wins, um, you know, our games were, were solid games. There was never um, any games we were getting blown out. I mean, I played with some of the best players that I've ever played with in my football career um, with the Nebraska Danger, for sure. Nice. Well, one of the things we noticed just with following you in general and, and what our listeners can can find if they follow you on Instagram you got heavily involved with community service. What was it like for you to get involved with that community? And then were you actually, this is kind of just more of a fun question, were you noticed and recognized just walking around in the area, you know, that you were a kicker on the team? 
Um, well, as far as the as far as the community service goes, um, you know, I, I, I gotta say, you know, God is very good. You know, one thing that you know, going back to, um, you know, question one was, you know, I was going to a place where, you know, I didn't know anybody. You know, and God really provided community right away. Um, I got plugged in with um, um, Third City Christian Church out there in Grand Island, and uh, that's one thing that I knew that I needed. You know, other than my teammates, you know, who was I gonna be around? And, you know, God really provided community for me um, through the church in a, in a really powerful and impactful way, and uh, even gave me a, um, a set of wheels to use in town, which was the, the lead pastor's um, old pickup truck that he never used. So he let me borrow it through the season, which wow. was huge, huge blessing. That's you know, so just cool. to, yeah, to have a to have a vehicle uh, to use while I'm out there. So, um, but I tell you what, yeah, um, as far as being noticed out in public, um, yeah, it did happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty humbling. It's honestly a really humbling experience, you know, when you're, you know, walking into Walmart or the grocery store, you know, and people are, you know, seeing you walk by and, they, you know, and they're calling you by your name, like, hey, what's up, Brad? What's up, Patty? You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know who you are, but I want to come up and talk to you and acknowledge you because, you know, it says a lot to me. So I just really want to make it a... Um, a priority to really engage with, you know, people that are, you know, saying hi and, you know, reaching out to me because it's a, it's a humbling experience to really, you know, have that feeling of, uh, you know, being re- recognized and being, you know, noticed as far as like a, an icon in a, in a small town community. I know it's only Grand Island, Nebraska, but no matter how big or small the scale is, it's, it's still, uh, you know, means a lot to me personally. Yeah. And, you know, you deserve that. I mean, you've been working hard uh, your whole high school and college career and, um, you gave the NFL a chance, and you're still going to be continuing to give the NFL a chance, but you finally decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to take my, my first year in the pro pro ranks, and now you're getting to experience all the really cool um, things that come along with it, and that's awesome that you used that platform to make an impact on, on folks in, in different um, facilities. You know, we saw you in the hospital and, and in the classroom at, and in the gym with, with young kids, and you know, it was really cool. And, just awesome to see you blossom as a person and then also just showing spreading your positivity to these kids and community members um brad um uh, real quick you know for for guys that are listening that are college guys or even guys that want to break through and and play at in the ifl or the aal or the nal or the afl um obviously provide what would only you know you feel comfortable providing even in a generic standpoint but are you able to elaborate to the viewers, listeners on like what is provided when you're playing in the AFL? Like uh, I know when I played in the AF2, which is, was similar to the IFL, like we got food vouchers every day and we got our housing covered, you know, and then there'd be catered meals and, you know, we'd get per diem on away games. Like, are you able to elaborate on, on those topics? So that way anyone that wants to come to the next level, you know, they have kind of a taste of what they would get? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, um, you know, kind of breaking it down, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a player that makes the, the final man roster, um, you know, after camp, I think um, when it comes to necessities, you know, as far as your housing, your meals, um, transportation sometimes even, um, I think um, it isn't such of a worry really at all. Um, I think as a league as a whole, uh, they did a pretty good job with uh, providing, you know, the needs as far as housing, um, uh, food, um, like you said, with the vouchers. I mean, we, we, we never had a, at that time where we're worried about what we're going to eat or how we're going to even pay for it. Um, I think 
um, it, that all kind of goes down to the credit of our um, owner, Charlie Bosselman, um, who did a, a fantastic job of really taking care of us and, and everything. But um, that set aside, I think as far as necessities and, and everything like that, that's that's definitely not going to be, you know, a worry, you know, at this level. But uh, at the same time, it's not necessarily the, the glamorized lifestyle either. Yeah. You know, this is a, this is a, a, a league that, you know, you're going to be taken care of, but it's not, you know, you know, all the glam and all the all the the fame or anything extra. I mean, <laughs> this is a league where you know guys are coming in to really show out to use it as a boost. You know, this is kind of a uh, you know a pit stop. You know, to try to get on to bigger and better opportunities. However, a lot of guys you know do make a really nice career out of it. Um, but I would say, on average, I don't think anyone necessarily is trying to necessarily stay there. Um, uh, use it as a, uh, as a as a as a boost, but as far as you know, pursuing the league or worrying about anything. Oh, what about this? What about that? I never really had any thoughts like that after playing in the IFL for a year now. So, um, but at the same time, it's it's going to you know be a little bit of a challenge, you know, because you know whether you're out there on your own or you know getting homesick or anything like that or getting plugged in with the community, you know, it's kind of kind of on you. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to be you know left out dry or kind of stranded on some things so um and i I would say there's probably a lot of differences when it comes to each franchise in the league because you know every owner is different or how they run things is probably different so um but i would say across the board you know it's pretty it's pretty much the same when it comes to being taken care of for sure nice well to kind of play off what you were talking about and that actually tied into my next question um people who play arena football what percentage of those teammates of yours do you think had like a part-time job on the side to make a little extra cash and or then kind of grow into the the aspect of you pursuing the nfl you know what were things that you did to kind of make it work out as you pursue these big dreams of playing at the next level um well one thing i forgot to mention too is that playing in the ifl um and i think honestly just being um, a professional athlete at the same time you have a lot a lot of free time on your hands. Um, probably a lot more than you'd think. I mean, our schedule, every schedule for the, each team is probably different, but our schedule, we're, you know, we're waking up at 6, we're watching film at 7.30, practice at 9, and we're done by 11, and the rest of the day is yours. Um, so uh, there, there's a lot of free time on your hands. I personally got plugged in, um, like I said, with Third City Christian Church and got a little part-time. Um, income to them uh, through uh, uh, working with one of their ministries. Um, a lot of other guys did um, a lot of part-time work too, just to have extra cash. And um, a, a lot of that it was probably just because of boredom too. Because um, me personally, I would go insane uh, just doing that for five months, not having really a set schedule or just too much free time. Um, just because there's you just want to do something, you just need something to do. So I think a lot of guys did that. Um, not only for part-time income, but, you know, just something to do as well. Um, but uh, as far as um, opportunities to get to the next level, um, we actually had a, a guy come in. Um, his name was uh, um, Nate Holly, and uh, um, he came in um, for two weeks, and he left to the L.A. Rams. <laughs> so he got a, he got in and got a good look, and uh, he left to – um, LA for, uh, for the Rams, uh, minicamp. And, uh, he became a good friend of mine, uh, for the two weeks, got to know him pretty well, but, um, there's, 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 there's opportunities. I mean, you just never know how they really come up. Um, 
I think a lot of you know kickers and punters and long snappers definitely know what it's like uh, as far as the waiting game, where you just never know when that phone rings um, when it happens, at least when you expect it. I know that's happened uh, for me with uh, the Nebraska Danger. That's how it was for me. I didn't expect that phone call, but it happened. Um, but it is a it is a great platform to try to do so. Um, if, if anyone's out there thinking, is it worth it? Um, absolutely. Um, granted, there's only six teams. I wish the league was was larger um, to get more guys in and uh, get get some looks in with other guys. But um, it is definitely a platform worth pursuing um, higher opportunities at the next level. Hey, so Brad, providing some value here to the listeners, um, talking about your your routine during the week, and and I know you guys were in a um, were you, were you guys practicing in your actual arena during the week? Um, both actually. We had a we had a field house which was just turf with um, nets right. around us, and, but um, we also uh, practiced in uh, the game arena. Yes. Right. So you know you have that inconsistency because you just don't know. So like, talk about your routine during the week and rep count, and then talk about your rep count and warm ups during games. Um, when it comes to practice, um, with, with games on uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, um, it just depends on the week. Um, my Monday and Tuesday was always my heavy volume day, meaning a, a kind of a lot of reps, you know, and just kind of really kind of putting in myself a workout at the same time. Um, so kind of getting the quality with the quantity, you know, mixed in there um, together. And uh, um, as a kicker in the arena level, there's a lot of free time that you have outside of, you know, uh, team periods like kickoff or field goal or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of time that you have off to the side by yourself. So you're really getting a lot of work in and you really just got to manage it wisely. Um, just because you could kind of overdo it if you're not, you know, aware of what you're doing, because it's just you, you know, and I think there's so much time that you have, you're trying to fill it. But, uh, um, Mondays and Tuesdays, um, I'd say we're a good solid, you know, hour, you know, of, of training, whether it's probably, you know, hitting, you know, 50 solid balls, I would say, uh, between probably the, the, the two days, the full-on uh, full kicks. And, and granted, the kickoffs weren't necessarily like they are outdoor, but um, as, the, as the week goes on, I would say it starts, you know, dying down. And Thursday, probably not kicking at all, whether it's game day on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, just because of traveling and stuff like that depending on when the game is. And during the game, um, I would always come out during when the, when the specialists uh, go out, or I would say um, skill guys go out, um, like QBs, receivers going out. And I was always a guy, I think I was the only guy in the league that wore game pants out there to warm up. I would never bring out, you know, my helmet or shoulder pads because I, I, just, I just didn't have that faith. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. It didn't really throw me off at all in any way, but, I was the only guy that came out with his game pants on because I really wanted to know how it felt and kind of catch my rhythm, you know, yeah. with the pants I was going to be wearing on in the game. And everyone else came out in, in shorts, you know, <laughs> shorts and socks and everything. And I felt so awkward. Like, shoot, it's like, okay, we've played everybody, and I'm the only guy coming out here with game pants on. But that was just my thing. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to get the, the feel with what was going to be um, around my legs too, because you know, just the compressions and with the rule about no skin showing, so you're wearing tights, you know, with the pants on, and you have a bazillion 
different jersey combinations, so the pants were almost different every game. You know, the types of pants, color of pants, you know, probably size sometimes because, you know, the kicker doesn't get first choice of anything. So and that could have included the size of your pants. So that was just one thing that uh, I was aware of. And as far as kicking balls during pregame, um, I was uh, it was definitely quality time, you know, honestly zoning in. Um, I always start out with my traditional one step just to kind of get loose, um, PAT range, and uh, really try to find that height on the ball, that nice rotation, just to find that touch. And then uh, I would probably make myself a random little chart um, throughout the entire field, um, probably with, you know, eight to ten balls and treat them like game-like situation. And then uh, maybe find a little touch on, on a kickoff tee um, with some of the kicks that, you know, was asked to me pretty much the majority of the time. And um, I'd go back in the locker room and kind of foam roll out, stretch out, stay loose. And then we'd come out as a team in, in full gear with uh, probably half of a dozen live team reps, and I was ready to go. Yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that the the listeners need to hear. Um, here's a question for you, Brad, and I know uh, Chris has, has a few more. Um, you guys played 14 regular season games. Uh, well, I think 13 regular season games and then a playoff game. Um, so, you know, in the arena leagues, uh, all these different tiered leagues, you know, as a kicker, it's almost like you want to survive. You, you know, if, if you have a bad game here or there, you know, coaches are real quick to, to cut you. Um, and so, obviously, you want to try to have a glass-half-full mindset, but um, we all know as kickers in these leagues, you can get cut real quick. So, you lasted the whole rookie season, which really is quite the feat. Like, what do you think were the one or two keys that kept your job safe? Um, I would have to say, obviously, somewhere in the performance side. Uh, but I honestly think, um, as, as a kicker, too, I think you're kind of on your own um, when it comes to uh, really putting in the extra work, especially with uh, live offs with your snapper and your holder. Because granted, your long, your long snapper and your and your holder aren't guys that you know want to snap or want to hold like a punter. You know these are guys that are just fill in to to do the job. So it's kind of on you to really, you know, not be on them, but really set aside time and have some structure throughout the week, saying, "Hey, we're going to do this because you know these, these these points matter." You know, and I think uh, um, you know when it comes down to you know job security, I think you know there's it just comes down to execution. You know, I mean, did the ball go through the upright? sure you know but at the same time it's not just you know me it's it's on the it's on the entire unit from the protection to the snap to the hold so um i think it's just about you know how much do you really want to put in you know how much how much do you really want to you know get out of this is is, as far as uh you know the success that you want to have because you know a lot of it doesn't you know depend on just you but i think a lot of it has to do with how much you want to you know accomplish and um as far as that goes yeah Nice. So, Brad, as you reflect on the season, what were some of your favorite moments? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, two of my favorite moments that come to mind was uh, my first play of the week against the Iowa Barnstormers. And uh, I remember um, that game because it was uh, – I went three for three that game. And I was pretty excited. But I was super excited even after the first one because I want to say – it was a 43 or 44 yard field goal, and uh, I was and we were at home, and I was I was so jacked as soon as I I saw it, 
basically about to slip the uprights and um, hit the net. And uh, I was so excited um, that we were at home because um, our uh, our party zone, our Bud Light party zone, is, is behind one of the end zones. And these guys are like like the black hole for the Oakland Raiders. I'm not kidding. You. Like I I love these I love these people, and. They're just like just partying. They're having a great time, and they're just like yelling at me and pointing at me. And I actually took my helmet off and not like slammed it on the ground, but I took it off and just like held it down like by my legs and just kind of like did like this war cry, like "Yeah, man, yeah." You know, you saw that, and I was so embarrassed because there's a rule: of if you take your helmet off in celebration, it's a 15 yard penalty. Oh, no. Luck- luckily. There was no flag thrown, but I had my head coach marching and with a full head of steam, and he was in my face, just barking at me. And I watched, I watched the game, um, I watched the game the next morning, and the commentator on the news broadcast is saying, "And a 44-yard field goal by Brad Hatfield, and he looks like to be getting some encouraging words by his head coach." <laughs> But he is like yelling at me. You can see his face; like he's just furrowed brow, just like barking at me. Like he's just nose to nose with me. I was so embarrassed, and I was like, "It was such a, it was such a high moment to such a low, like super quick, you know." (laughs) But uh, it it was a great game, great game. But I would say the next biggest moment, probably the biggest moment, my favorite was uh, um, the second time we played the Arizona Rattlers in Arizona, and I actually had a lot of family and a lot of friends that were able to come make that game and. Um, uh, I was blessed and able to put a put a, put a pretty good uh, performance on the board um, for him. Had the the season long a uh, forty eight there and uh, um, went uh, went three for four and almost had a fifty eight and went off the crossbar. So I was pretty uh, pretty mm-hmm. excited. I actually had a solo tackle that game. That was pretty fun. Uh, but that was that's definitely a place that has, is probably the biggest atmosphere in the IFL. It's in Phoenix. You literally got fifteen thousand people in that arena. Um, every game. So even though you're on the road, uh, it's still a awesome place to play. And it's cool to have family and friends in the stands. For sure. Well, Brad, that leads into my last question, actually. Um, question we didn't ask early on in our early episodes of the fourth down experience, but now that you're officially a pro and you've played in some games, we always ask our, our interviewer or interviewee, uh, tell us your three favorite arenas that you've played in this year or just in your life. Um, I would say, ooh, in my life, I would probably say, um, well, starting with the IFL, um, Arizona Rattlers Arena, um, the Talking Stick down in Phoenix would probably be number one, um, just because that's probably been the biggest, probably the second biggest fan base that I've been in, but it was just such a live atmosphere being indoors, and the fans are right on top of you. Um, and uh, I'd probably say, the second one would be home just because it's home um, in Grand Island, Nebraska for the danger. And, uh, again, just a awesome feeling to have, you know, fans just going absolutely insane um, and cheering you on and being on your side and, uh, and uh, just, just feeling that adrenaline rush of like, man, you're really in a professional football game and this is, this is the feeling that it is. And, you know, you put all this work and time into it and it's just definitely a payout for sure. Nice. Any any others in the arena, in the indoor, the IFL? Like, did you get to play at Iowa? 
Yeah, Iowa, Iowa was a great field, uh, great, great field. I would say the, the, the fans were not necessarily like the most packed out house, but it was, it was a great facility to play on. The field was very nice, very nice field. It's, it's but, the same uh, arena, right? I mean, it's a huge it's a huge arena, isn't it? Or is it a different location? Huge, huge, yeah, yeah. huge. Def, definitely a huge arena. I mean, there's a lot of actually, I want to say three different uh, yeah. sports that play there. Um, so it's, it's, it's used a lot, I would just say. As far as our games go, it wasn't necessarily the packed house compared to other arenas. Well, cool. Last question, Brad, for the podcast here. Um, so when you look at the AFL and the Arena Football League, they have netting, um, and so you're allowed to do the kickoffs off the netting. So you're looking at 65 to 70-yard kickoffs. We all know that. Uh, you kick it between the uprights on kickoffs in the AFL. It doesn't count as a point. It just goes in the slack net, and then they may return it. They may not. Then you go into the NAL. And in that league, you can do a kickoff and it goes over the crossbar between the uprights and you get two points. Um, if you miss it wide, then, then the ball comes out to the 20. And the AAL, you can get one point if you kick it between the uprights. But in the IFL, the league that you play, you don't get rewarded any points on kickoffs and you also don't have any nets to kick to. So, which leads me to the question here in a second where... I want you to be able to explain to the viewers and listeners that want to uh, play in these different types of leagues, and specifically the IFL, you know, what were the two or three most important kicks that you had to focus on to be a successful kickoff specialist in the IFL so these guys know what to work on and know what to expect when they get there? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the the top three um, uh, kicks that you got to have in your arsenal to, to play in the IFL is um, number one, the squib. Uh, number two, probably the high pooch um, around the goal line. And then three, the surprise onside, because that can happen off- often um, as far as the coach that wants to that wants to call it. But um, I was actually um, informed um, my last game of the season, and I was pretty pretty proud of myself because I didn't even know that it was really you know a thing or really happening. But um, I was told that I. Uh, uh, now hold the IFL record for touchbacks um, in, a, in a single regular season. Nice. And, and uh, awesome. I think I added up to, to 21. But what's funny is that um, like a touchback in the arena or the IFL is the on the, the kickoffs, the ball has to hit the ground before it bounces over the wall. So you're right. You can't just sail it out of the back and say it's a touchback, um, even though there's no nets there. But you gotta you gotta kind of get really crafty with the with the squib kick and make that ball bounce all over the place and hopefully bounce over the the returner and over the back wall and instead of coming out to the twenty it comes out to the five. All right, so so real, so real quick, so if, uh, in the IFL, if you kick it over the back wall and, and you know whether it goes through the uprights or doesn't go through the uprights, it's still considered a touchback. The ball just comes out to the twenty. No, that's a flag on me. Okay, so you you were you had the most successful touchbacks in one season IFL record, primarily because you were strategic on hitting the ground at a certain spot, thirty forty yards down the field, and then it would go it would bounce and then go over the wall and then it'd be a touchback, and now that team has to go forty five yards, which is pretty much the whole field, to score. Is that accurate? Yeah, correct. So I would have to basically, you know, practice, and I'd put a lot of time into, 
hitting these low line drives where this ball kind of hovers the ground really low and it hits the ground probably half field at first and it kind of just dribbles, 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 dribbles along along the ground. And then right before it gets to the returner, hopefully it has that big hop over the top of him in a corner and hopefully over the wall. Um, then that, that comes out to the, to the pot. Here's a question for the IFL league rules here. If you hit a kickoff, whether it hits the ground or not, and it hits the walls inside the end zone, is it still live? Yes, yes. As long as it stays on the field, yes. And it's actually considered still a touchback if it hits that wall. But if it doesn't hit anything, it's a, it's a flag on me. It's a penalty. Okay, what if you hit it like to the 10-yard line and you hit the wall and it stays inbounds? Is it still a live ball? If it hits the field first and hits the wall on, at the 10-yard line, yes, it's a live ball. But if you hit if you hit the wall in air and it stays in the field, it's considered out of bounds. If you hit if you hit the wall before it goes out of bounds, it would be where the ball hit that wall. Okay, gotcha. If it's the back, if it's the back wall, it's a touchback. See, so this is crazy, and you know you have six teams in the IFL, and and I you know I would assume they're probably going to add one or two teams there, and it's going to keep on continuing to grow. Um, so it's like when these kickers want to try for, for these teams, they need to know what kind of specialty kicks to work on and be able to put on YouTube or when they get that workout in front of them at some outdoor grass field or whatever, they're going to have to be able to execute these types of kicks. So I think this has really been valuable and really good information for those guys. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it was definitely kind of a, a different, um, you know, mindset going into each week, uh, you know, prepping for practice, uh, you know, kind of just getting an expertise for different style kicks. I mean, to be honest with you, the last time I was asked to squib kick was probably sophomore year of high school. <laughs> I, Brad, did you yeah. get to meet any uh, former or previous or current or whatever um, Sioux Fall players in the IFL? Um, Are you the Sioux only Fall? Sioux Fall player that that's playing in the IFL? Actually, no. Um, Lorenzo Brown uh, Jr. Uh, he's uh, Sioux Falls uh, Storms uh, QB has been for a while. Phenomenal quarterback, probably one of the best QBs in the league for sure. Definitely, probably a, a Hall of Famer. He was a, a USF Cougar, but he was actually before me, um, before I got to USF. But uh, gotcha. he's definitely a, a Sioux Falls icon. One of the favorite players, actually, um, on a side note, um, that was kind of my nemesis every time we played him because he is the most, like, freakish athlete probably in the IFL is B.J. Hill. He yeah. was a uh, – he is a uh, an assassin when it comes to returning the football. And he actually housed two of them on me uh, this year, one each time we played him. So yeah. my hat's off to, to B.J. Hill because he could be a, a kicker's nightmare. You could hit the most perfect ball in the corner and he has the whole field to, to go. But, man, that dude sometimes makes it happen. B.J. Hill was my teammate at Ball State. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, chirp, chirp. He, uh, he took a couple <laughs> – he took yeah chirp chirp. He took a couple of years off and then came back. Uh, he's like the all-time leading return guy in the IFL. Um, so that's 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 awesome, but it's not awesome because he is fast and shifty. I, I would just fall to the ground. I would just say, "Go, you're good, BJ. Go ahead." Uh, yeah, totally. He's he's a beast. He was definitely a, a a nominee for special teams player of the week. I'm sure every week just because he's he's a weapon back there. And he doesn't need much help doing it. He just makes you miss. Yeah. 
Well, Brad, we know that, um, you know, you got your first year under your belt and now it's, you know, uh, trying to get to the NFL and, and maybe even play another year of IFL or try to get to the AFL. Um, just real quick, just so folks know, um, guys that are out on the West Coast, if you want to get some training in uh, and attend a couple camps and, and training, uh, yeah, Brad's located in NorCal, uh, Northern California. Um, you can hit him up, uh, B underscore Hattie on Instagram or Brad underscore Hatfield 91 on Twitter. Um, and we'll, we'll shout them out on our fourth down experience pages when we, when we put this podcast out. So make sure you guys reach out to him. He's within our national kicking rankings, uh, coaching directory, and he's one of our, uh, regional directors out on the West coast. And we'd love for you guys to get some training with Brad. Absolutely. That'd be great. I hope to meet some guys out here and, uh, get some work in. I know the, the, the pickings for, uh, kickers and punters out here. There's a, there's a lot of them. Nice. Well, Brad, I uh, I really enjoyed this interview, uh, round two. This was fun. Part of the time when you and Brian were talking shop, I thought I was learning a foreign language for a little bit, but uh, I learned a lot from this interview, actually. So uh, thanks again for being on, man, and looking forward to staying in touch. Hopefully have you on a future podcast again. Absolutely. I thank you guys so much for having me on. Awesome, Brad. We. You stay safe out there, man. Enjoy the, the fam. Enjoy the church fam. And uh, start posting some more um, weight room type videos so these kickers can start learning some stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do. And uh, uh, blessings to you guys and uh, your families. Thanks, Brad. Awesome. Love you, man. Love you too, bro. All right, later. Later. Chris. Another guy that we've been able to touch base with, you know, before and after podcasts of arena seasons and the IFL. Uh, Brad's done a pretty dang good job, hasn't he? I think so. You know, it's it's fun to watch his progress, you know, pursuing the league and then getting the opportunity in the, the IFL. And he had a successful career, I think, in just year one. And I think he won a lot of Player of the Week awards. So I enjoyed this one. And, and like I said, when Brad was on, I – I learned a lot, actually, just as a as a co-host to the podcast with you. So uh, this stuff is entertaining for me. I love it. I always love learning people's journeys and just learning more about the league and things like that. So uh, enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, I I justified or was able to get Brad to justify a couple of rules specifically in the IFL, and I think kickers need to know that. You know, kickers that see these guys playing in these different arena-tiered leagues, they, they need to understand – what the expectations are. You got to make your PATs. You got to get your specialty kicks down. That's what's nice that all these specialty kicks you do in high school, you know, you could be getting paid $300 a week and free housing, free food for six months. And you're doing squib kicks and onside kicks and making your extra points. I mean, that's not, that's not a bad gig, you know? And then, and then also in the IFL, what's nice about the IFL is they kick a ton of field goals. So you may get 30, 40 attempts. You may only make 10 or 15 of them. But what's really sweet about it is the IFL and the NAL and the AAL, these these smaller-tiered leagues, give you opportunities to kick field goals, where the Arena Football League, it's strictly make your PATs, hit the net, hit the iron on kickoffs, and you may get a field goal here or there every once in a while, and then and you got to be strategic with onside kicks. So um, there's, there's an opportunity, there's market out there for these guys to play at that level after college and get some good film in order to leverage themselves to try to get back to the NFL. 
I'm just going to put a little plug in for Brian. Wasn't expecting this, but uh, Brian's very well connected in the arena world. So if any of you guys are aspiring to do it, reach out to him on social media, call him, text him, and, and probably meet up with him to get evaluated. And Brian, Brian's got some connections to help you out. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And, you know, you free agents out there and you college guys, just uh, stick with us, stay connected with us, because we'll be having some great opportunities and some camps. Uh, that's geared towards free agents and college guys in the future. And, uh, again, just DM us. We'll let you know. We'll keep you aware and abreast of, of those opportunities because uh, we're definitely, like Chris said, we're well-connected with these coaches at these levels. And we want we want to see you guys play at these levels and make a living doing it and make an impact in the community. That's one thing that I wish I did more of that Brad did when I was playing. I didn't, I didn't do as much community services brad did in one year and my nine years um you know i worked at the y but uh, i was really just really proud of brad doing that and hearing that so uh, we we appreciate you guys listening to us every week season two has been off to a fantastic start uh we we're loving the football season getting ready to uh, really analyze some games and talking about specialists so stay tuned because we're not only going to be doing interview um ease type podcast we're also going to be inserting some other short frame podcasts that are talking about specialists and different uh, topics within our field so make sure you're subscribed um you know there have been several ratings of five stars we really appreciate if you guys give us a five star rating and let us know uh what you think about the podcast and if there's someone that that you want on the podcast for de nation let us know send us a dm on twitter or Instagram at Fourth Down Experience and let us know, and we'll try to get those people on. All right, guys, thanks for listening again, and we will see you soon. Peace. Peace Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.